0: Today, we're joined by Mark Bloom and Andrew Ross, who head up the construction group of Aaron Fox. And we are going to be talking about how the construction group has been dealing with the COVID crisis and advising its clients. Thanks for joining
1: us, guys. Thanks, Tony.
0: I would imagine that there's a a lot of clients coming to you on the potential claims that may be arising uh, with regard to the COVID crisis in the construction industry can can you talk a little bit about those claims and what we can do to sort of mitigate it
1: yeah so with respect to claims we are already seeing delay type notices being sent to the project owners of potential delays um the the project participants aren't yet sure because while projects are ongoing they're supposed to try to stick to the schedule but then there are all of these restrictions about people maintaining safe distances, people of course not coming to work sick, and we have potential labor shortages, temporary project shutdowns. There are supply chain disruptions where there are materials that traditionally would come from China, um, heavily restricted as well as factory shutdowns, as well as market price escalations. So all of this is on everybody's mind on the project. And so we're already seeing notices of potential delays, whether parties will be seeking additional costs or they'll be seeking to extend the schedule. And it will be very important for the parties to look first to their contracts. And the main contract provisions that we see, it's called a force majeure, or an excusable delay clause. And force majeure can be summarized by saying, this is the kind of delay that no one was anticipating. Uh, It's some call it an act of God. Usually within the contract, there's a list of force majeure events. And up until now, many contracts don't include within that diseases, pandemics, epidemics, And so when a force majeure or an excusable delay clause doesn't reference that, doesn't include that in the list, you have to then turn to the courts. And so that changes from state to state. In a state like New York, if it's not listed in the force majeure clause, chances are it won't be considered to be um, an excusable delay. And so that will fall on a contractor. Um, All of this means is that it's going to be important for the parties to protect their rights when they're and they're seeing delays or anticipating delays. But a lot of this won't be resolved until it goes to court someday because we're dealing with a circumstances now that we haven't seen before.
2: So I'd add to that, Mark, that when contractors are examining the and owners are examining the uh, force majeure or excusable delay clause, they also have to look closely at the notice provisions uh, in in the contract. In order to preserve a claim uh, that uh, for a force majeure delay, most construction contracts and contracts with design professionals include a time limitation on the party seeking relief. uh, And if a claim is not asserted in writing within that time period, that party runs the risk of waiving the claim for uh, relief. And the relief being sought um, is, of course, a time extension to perform the services or work, and potentially, depending on what the contract says, an adjustment to the contract sum for contractors or the fee for the design professional. So that goes hand in hand with the delay provision. That's right.
1: And we are already seeing all kinds of notices being issued, even though the parties don't know if there really will be a delay in the end.
0: One other thing I've I've seen some advice coming out of your group on is that in addition to force majeure, there may be additional provisions to rely upon that aren't technically in the four corners of the document, such as impossibility, impracticability, things like this. I would imagine that. Uh, all this is going to be flushed out in the courts in the next six months because a lot of different companies are using those force majeure provisions in looking for excuse from performance
1: that's right and and we have already seen that in letters where parties are starting by arguing about force majeure and then will turn to impossibility of performance and not only will it have to be decided in the courts but State by state, they'll get different results. And so there is a lot of uncertainty and and that's why one of the most important issues here is how can parties, when they're facing this these issues, how can they try to mitigate their delays and potential damages?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right, Mark. Uh, um, in, you know, and mitigation is built into every contract. Parties have the duty to mitigate. Costs and damages that arise out of events and owners, you know, particularly in um, the current um, state of emergency, it's really beneficial to projects for owners and contractors to look at impediments to performance cooperatively and collaboratively. And um, so owners and contractors should be discussing how to mitigate the impacts of COVID-19, uh, and that's you know that's done in part through um, you know examining the action plan that's proposed by contractors, um, looking to have it enforced, uh, and employing those safe uh, means of safe social distancing on the site, resequencing the work and having double shifts as we discussed before. Also, though. Contractors need to, to the extent feasible, plan for what they know right now are going to be additional difficulties arising out of uh, this epidemic, supply Contract- chain disruptions, and market price escalation. And that can be done not entirely, but as much as possible by seeking. Alternative sources of materials. And for, and that's for projects that are already underway or contracts are signed. For new contracts, owners should make it clear that the general contractor or construction manager should build into the contract price any current market price escalation and supply chain risks. The same goes for design professionals who, when they're specifying products, uh, to be used in the construction, ought to be conscious of areas of the world that are particularly hard hit by this, and who may have difficulty supplying uh, materials. And that that goes for China and Italy and and other places.
1: And related to that is we're wondering. You know, we saw this after um, 9/11 which was on a smaller scope, but with all the efforts that had to and the resources that needed to be used for the recovery at that time, the projects, other projects had to slow down so that the resources could go for those. And so we are wondering now if, if there is a need to greatly expand hospitals and build temporary structures uh, to house people, if that's going to have another Impact on ongoing projects.
0: Thanks again for joining us, Andrew and Mark. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.